He was just eighteen when he died. A son, a brother, a friend. In an instant, Matthew was gone. Whatever pain he was feeling inside was over. But for his mom and dad, the pain was just beginning. In Finding Peace After a Suicide Loss, author Elaine Canelli describes her journey. She says, I got very spiritually lost and struggled for many years in the mire of bitterness and self-pity. Suicide pain shows no mercy. Canelli tells her story and offers sound advice for those left behind in bewilderment and pain. Her own experience provides a roadmap for others who suffer the same tragic circumstances. Stay tuned for my conversation with Elaine next on this edition of Soaring Eagle Radio. And now, here's Dr. Mike. Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me today. Suicide is our nation's silent pandemic. The last 15 years has witnessed a 60% increase in suicide in America. 60% increase, friends, in the last 15 years. And this last year or more has not helped at all. You know, it's also a worldwide problem with over 800,000 suicide deaths in 2018 alone. My guest today is Elaine Canelli. She shares her story with heartbreaking honesty. Wrestling with the pain and the loss of a loved one is certainly a large part of the healing process. Included in that is the struggle to see God's peace, his love, his grace, and his sovereignty. Elaine Canelli graduated from Concordia University in Chicago with a degree in elementary education and a minor in theology. She loves to learn from Scripture and teach it to others. Books she has written include Something Sisters 31 Day Devotional and Faith Over Feelings. She maintains two websites, somethingsisters.com and elainecanelli.com. She also loves to write poetry, shares that uh, really just to exalt God's character, especially his grace and love. And again, you can visit elainecanelli.com to learn more. Elaine, I really appreciate your honesty and uh, and your refusal to sugarcoat anything in your book. The healing process after a suicide loss is very painful. Nothing prepares someone for this type of loss. And you mentioned that the feeling of rejection is the deepest pain that, that you experienced that uh, I'll go so far as to say that, that it's most likely the deepest pain that anyone will experience, that feeling of rejection uh, that comes after the loss of a loved one to suicide. So where are you, God, and why is this happening in my life? Yes, yes. And what made matters worse for me, uh, Mike, is that two weeks prior to Matthew's death, I, it was a beautiful day, and I was driving in on, in country roads, you know. It was, it was just sunshiny and beautiful, and all of a sudden a rainbow appeared. Mm. It wasn't raining, but there was a rainbow. I stopped my car in the middle of the road. There was no traffic. I stopped my car. I got out of the car and I thanked God in advance for healing my son, Matthew. And 
he had been in uh, care with doctors. He was he was a melancholy child. Nothing was ever happy in his life. He saw his glass was never even half full. And at age 12 already, he was in therapy. He was with medical doctors. And I just thought, oh, God, you're going to heal, Matthew. And I'll have this wonderful testimony of your hand in Matthew's life. And and I just got back in the car and drove home. And it just seemed that Matthew had turned a corner. He seemed happier to me. And I thanked God for that gift. And two weeks later, uh, Matthew went missing. Uh, he was missing for two days. And my, my, my spouse, Tom, my husband, Tom, found Matthew in the woods near our house. And he had taken an, an extension cord and he hanged himself. And my husband had to deal with that image in his life. It was such a sad time for us. But I do want to tell your listeners that um, our marriage was saved. You know, at that time, they told us 94% of all marriages where a child had taken his life those marriages ended in divorce. So our prayer, Mike, was that we would be in the 6%. But, you know, that was even difficult because it's hard when when both are down in a relationship. We were unable to help each other. And then, of course, the blame started. Why did you do this? Why did you say this? Why didn't you do this? You know, why didn't you say this? So it's hard on a relationship, hard on a marriage. Um, But I do want your listeners to know that in this book, I do affirm the horrific pain. That is an issue. You do have to deal with the sorrow, the pain, the anguish, and the why questions, and the spiritual questions. Um, And then the second part of my healing and my recovery was that I named the battles that I had to deal with. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I I think that was key as well. Now, I want to make sure I couch this question in in the correct uh, uh, manner, Elaine, but you talk about two huge mistakes that you made in, in your grieving process. And folks, now listen, I, Everybody's going to grieve differently, but grief has some similarities and it travels the same paths. And so when I, I couch the question this way, this is, this is, this is your reflection back is, is the way that I'm, I'm presenting this, Elaine. You, you talk in your book and, and again, folks, I'm, I'm talking with author Elaine Canelli, Finding Peace After a Suicide Loss, Healing Truths for Those Not Yet Healed. So you talk about two mistakes that you made in your grieving process. So uh, what were they and, and, and what did you learn, Elaine? Well, the first mistake I made was that I really didn't grieve. Mm-hmm. I took all of my questions, all of my hurt, and I I just buried them mm. deep inside of me. Yeah. I Well, there was very few, there was no help from our church, and there were very yeah. few friends that really remembered our sorrow after the funeral. 
you know, after months go by and everyone's back in their normal life, I was still not back in my normal life. Mm. And very few people ever talk to us about suicide and the healing process. We did not even meet another person who had gone through a suicide for seven years. Wow. And it was a speaker that came to our church and um, he had lost an 18 year old son. And that was the first time we got some help. So I buried all those feelings. I just shoved them. And the second mistake I made was that I, I put on my happy face and because crying makes people uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So people didn't want to hurt me. They didn't want to bring up the subject. No one ever talked about Matthew. And so I just put on my happy face and I, I, I was just going to live my life without God. He had failed me. He had mm-hmm. spurned me. Yeah. And I put God on the back burner. And I just wanted to live my life without him. That was the lie that I believed. I believed I could really heal myself. Mm. And as we know, that is never going to happen. That's right. Yeah. Amen. So you you encourage readers to um, choose what they have over what they lost now that that had to be a a uh, an epiphany if you will a a spiritual um blessing from the hand of god to understand what you have and how precious it is so please explain that for our for our listeners elaine well in the third part of my book i do talk about Moving forward in your life, most of the people that I have met that have suffered a suicide loss or a tragic loss, a a murder in their family, a rape, all of those tragic times, um, what happens is they are just so stuck. They don't know how to get out of that pit of bitterness and self-pity. And I found... I analyzed. Actually, I went back into the pit. This was a very difficult book to write. Um, And I had an editor who was wonderful. He said, Elaine, dig deeper. What did you do? Why did you feel this way? And I was able to actually analyze my healing process in terms of uh, my first step. What were some of the first steps I took to get out of the pit? of bitterness. And my first step, I would have to say, was actually talking to God. Mm-hmm. You see, when you when you ignore God, when you think that you can heal yourself, uh, you stop talking to God. Your, your life is really void of him. And I actually, I, I, a one word helped me to start my healing process. And it was the word solace, mm. which is an unusual word. I don't yeah. use that word in my <laughs> vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. so I, but I found, and that was the one word that connected me back again to my heavenly father. Mm. I missed the solace of God, the comfort. 
When you love God, when Jesus is your friend, your savior, you're in a love relationship with him. And I had terminated that relation. And I found out that I missed the love. Mm. And so I started talking to God. And it wasn't a pleasant conversation. As you know, mm. in my book, I share mm-hmm. how um, angry I was with God. I was angry with God for a long time, but I finally just pointed my finger in his chest. And I said, I, I'm, an, I'm angry with you. And you know what is so funny when you think about it, Mike? God knew that all the time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that talking to God really helped to empty a lot of the feelings that I had and the bitterness, the anger, the blame, the rejection. I deal with all of those subjects, the stigma of a suicide, um, the shunning. No one sat with us in the pew at church. Can you imagine that? No, I cannot imagine that. Wow. So there were so many issues. And, but the first one that I found in my, my, uh, approach to healing is that I talk to God Mm. and all of my healing. I want to share this with your listeners because this is very important. Now, could God have healed me with a wave of his hand? (laughs) Yes, he could have done that. But generally speaking, we have to find the path that helps us in our healing process. And prayer was the very first one. Secondly, I had to actually analyze my thoughts about who God is in my life. And that took a long time. Even though I'd been a Christian for all of my life, I had been a teacher, a Christian teacher, a Bible class teacher. I had run women's retreats. I I knew God inside and out, and yet the lie that I believed was I won't I I won't allow God to help me. He had failed me miserably, and I'm done with Him. After I discovered prayer, then the next step, which really helped me a lot, was thanking God for what I had over what was lost. And my husband and I started. It was just a simple little, uh, you know spiral binder, (laughs) a little notebook that we had. And every day we would try to think of one or two things that we were thankful for. And I concentrated and I talked to myself. It's that self-talk that is so difficult to corral because you tell yourself over and over, I failed as a mother. You know, that's hard to to take in. And and you say it over and over and over again, so you start believing it. But God and his grace and his mercy also led me to scripture, which talked again and again about grace. And I have to tell you that I know where my son is. He is home with his Savior just in the same place I will be when I go home and you go home to be with your Savior. But that was another battle I had to deal with. The guilt, the overwhelming guilt, Mm. the the whole issue of forgiveness. Oh, my goodness. Mm. That was difficult. I would say uh, that battle with forgiveness was probably the, the longest battle I had. I had a lot of 
um, people to forgive. You know, when you think you can heal yourself and you become an angry, bitter person, guess what? Nobody really likes you very much. You don't even like yourself. And you estrange yourself not only from God, but your friends, your family. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. where were you? You didn't help me. And I, I had that all of those problems to deal with. Yeah. And that is the horrific thing about a very tragic loss. Yes. Is that you have so many issues to deal with. Yes. So I had a friend of mine who lost her brother to suicide and she shared with me, you know, Elaine, uh, those first few years, I thought I was actually going crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I could identify with that. Yes. Yes. That yes. is very easy, very easy to understand and believe when, when, uh-huh. When your relationship with God is strained like that, um, perspective goes out the window, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But I have to also tell you another first step that my husband and I took is that we – we realized, in fact, I walked out one day. I had had it. I slammed the door and I said, I'd rather live alone than live with you. <laughs> and I know that's, what, that's <laughs> honestly what happened. Yeah. I remember that vividly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I mentioned this in my book. I got in the car and I just drove and drove and drove. I just, I don't even know where I went. And, but that, you know, as night came, I came back to, to the house and I, I had a sense of commitment. I had I had a sense of commitment to the marriage, to the family, because here is what I thought about as I drove in the car. If I, you know, Satan right now at that point had won a lot of battles mm. in my life. But I thought if our family breaks up, wow, then he's won the war. Yeah. And that was so beautiful. God just gave that thought to me. I know he did. <laughs> and I went back and I realized that if I left, I would have lost my best friend. Mm-hmm. The only person who would really understand my struggle after yes. uh, Matthew's death, you know. Yes. And so Tom and I, and you know, sometimes when you only have commitment, commitment is all you need. Mm-hmm. It, it was that commitment to our marriage file. Our commitment to each other, our family, to our son. We had another son. And he deserved parents, a home, a family. And so that brought me back, that commitment that we had as a marriage, that was enough to keep us in the 6%. Yes. Hallelujah. What a a wonderful testimony of uh, endurance and faith tested that overcomes and perseverance and, and all of those things. Elaine, That's uh, th- that leads me to my next question. You talk about spiritual healing. This is what you've been describing for the last several minutes, friends. Elaine's been describing this process of of spiritual healing, emotional healing, and, and that lends itself directly, in my opinion, to, to physical healing. And, and you talk about what a great blessing spiritual healing is. So just in case some of our listeners don't, they're not really connecting what, what you mean by what I mean by spiritual healing and how that is a blessing, what is it and why is that true, Elaine? Uh, grieving is a spiritual walk. Yes. When you think about life and death, that is God's domain. Mm-hmm. He determines when we will be born, and he knows the exact number of days that we will live on earth. 
And so when you are in that kind of a, a grieving process, and in my anger, I also uh, realized it was a spiritual battle. And I had to deal with every battle that came along. And I described them and I share all the things that hurt me. And, you know, there is a similarity. The rejection is very evident. The blame is evident. My guilt was overwhelming. Mm. I thought I had failed in every aspect of being a mm. mother. Yeah. And so all of those issues I dealt with, uh, and it took a long time for me to realize that once I repaired my relationship with Jesus, the spiritual healing began. Amen. Those baby steps of prayer, mm. those baby steps of of healing a marriage, healing um, friends, friendship relationships, the forgiveness. I had to forgive so many people. I had to uh, forgive myself. Yeah. And I had to look at everything in relationship to my faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I had to repeat the good things instead of telling my things, telling myself over and over and repeating those uh, awful things about blame and failure. I now took scripture into my mind yes, and I found such beautiful passages. And, you know, I didn't even memorize the whole passage, but one that was really especially important to me is Romans Five, the whole book of Romans. Yeah. You know, yeah. if anyone is in a, a, a difficult spiritual situation now, I would encourage them to read not only the Gospels, but the book of Romans. It's all about grace. Amen. And it says there that just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, which really described my my whole uh, journey and Matthew's journey. You know, he made a wrong choice. But it says there that after sin rules all people, then God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. And that was so helpful to me. Yes. And I would I would keep scripture verses in the car, you know, wherever I would see them at my desk, on the bathroom mirror. And maybe I didn't really... I memorized them perfectly, but I had those few words that God gave me. And my first word was, God is my refuge and strength. Mm. Because when I was in that horrific uh, time of, of pain, the only book in, in Scripture that really helped me was the book of Psalms. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, they're so emotional. Yes. They're up, yes. they're down. You know, mm -hmm. David was either yeah. dancing or in despair. <laughs> but I I could I could identify with that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yes. Uh, it's a roller coaster of emotions after any death. Yes. But of course after a tragic death, it's more so. Yes. But I could find myself 
in the Psalms. And that's Psalm 46, verse 1, God is my refuge and strength. Mm. So I, I just repeated that over and over and over again. And the next one was, I will never leave you or forsake you. I could just yeah. say those few words over and over and over again. And another baby step in my healing, and this is, <laughs> you'll probably laugh at this one. What what happened in my life is that I I also, because of my anger, I became um, uh, an unlikable person. Mm. I truly walked around with, with my brows furrowed and a frown on my face. And I discovered that if I could just smile at people, smiling was a baby step for mm, me. Yeah. I started looking at people, and I mean, I just looked them in the face, and I just gave them a smile. And I would say 99% of the time, they smiled back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these were strangers when I was in the grocery store, you know, when I was at work. I mean, it just... I looked at them, and you know what? They looked sad, too. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. I mm. never looked at other people. I was so into myself. And I started looking at other people, and I started smiling. Hallelujah. It wasn't a big, toothy grin. It was just a, hey, I understand. You're probably in pain, too, right? Mm. There is so much brokenness in the world. Yes, there is. And so here was another baby step. And guess what? Uh, joy started to return. Mm. You know, once you can just start with a baby step, you could smile at a stranger. You could open a door for someone. You can help a mother struggling with a baby in, in, in the department store. You know, it's those are all just simple life experiences. But when you look at them and smile, you are sharing part of yourself and they share with you. Amen. And, you know, it was a way for me to take a baby step. And that led, that led to actually helping other people. Wow. Yes. Psalm 126. Go back to Psalm 126. You sow your seeds while you're, weep, while you're weeping. Mm. But you mm. come back with sheaths of joy because now you are giving yourself away and it it was a small thing at our church we joined a larger church a mega church where you know thousands of people attended and so we could kind of come and go they didn't know our names we didn't have to sign up we didn't have to do anything i could leave early if i wanted to i didn't sing the hymns i was in my angry stage but we decided to take a membership class and there was a kind gentleman who said, would you please fill out this card? We want to know where you're going to serve at church. <laughs> and I I did. I had no intention of serving at this church. But my sweet, loving husband said, just sign up to be a greeter. You can say hello, you know, when someone walks in the door. So yeah. I agreed. And our first greeting situation was awful. Someone came to the door and I said, good morning. So nice to see you. I'm glad you're here. And turned to Tom and I said, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> I mean, that is, it was pathetic, wasn't it? <laughs> but it was a baby step of service. Yes. Amen. And 
That is how God worked in my life. And I know that God will work with others who are working and dealing with a tragic situation in their family. So I really would encourage people to look at um, the pain. You must affirm the pain. You must define the battles. You know, they may not have the same battles I had, but I would venture to say that they are dealing with guilt and failure and rejection. And once you name the battle and you know what you're dealing with, you have a much better chance of overcoming. Yes. Amen. Friends, I've been speaking with uh, Elaine Canelli about her book, Finding Peace After a Suicide Loss, Healing Truths for Those Not Yet Healed. I think that's a great place to to end our conversation. But I do want to say, Elaine, I really appreciated the last chapter in your book. Three key words uh, is the title, Resist, Resolve, Rejoice. Uh, those words are powerful, and, and the actions that they encourage really will um, help folks along that path of, of healing And you end that chapter. I'm just going to read this. Grace always wins, folks. Grace always wins. Believing grace, receiving grace. Fresh daily grace. Forgiveness wrapped around me now. A garment of salvation, a robe of righteousness. Fresh, generous, glorious grace. God's eternal gift, all mine. Grace, always more than I will ever need. God's favor, God's love, by God's decree, and through Christ guaranteed. What a beautiful way to end your story, your personal story of traveling this very difficult road and being affirmed by the Father and his love for you and now having a testimony that is touching and impacting so many people, Elaine. Thank you so much for writing this book. Well, you are welcome. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share. And folks, you can uh, check out what Elaine is doing in in her ministries, book writing, speaking, and everything else that she is doing, ElaineCanelli.com. And let me spell that for you, folks, Elaine Canelli, K-E-N-N-E-L-L-Y. Dot com elaine com and don't forget uh, the other website that she and, and is that still active elaine are you still posting there and um i it really it, i did that 12 years ago and um no sadly i haven't been updating it but it's still there it's and still i still there. get people you know from all over the world who come to visit it so i'm, I'm just going to keep it there and see what Perfect. the lord does with it right amen that's exactly right something <laughs> something sisters.com folks something sisters.com and uh you can check out again on elaine com. her books are there her All of her work in ministry of helps and healing and encouragement are there. So, again, Elaine, thank you so much, sister, for joining me today. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you. It was a joy. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. That's it, friends. We will see you again next time here on Soaring Eagle Radio. Have a great week. Bye now. Thank you for joining me today for this episode. Soaring Eagle Radio is a broadcast ministry of the Transforming Word Ministries. You may send correspondence or support donations to Dr. Mike Spaulding, P.O. Box 3007, Elida, E-L-I-D-A, Ohio, 45807. Again, Dr. Mike Spaulding, 
P.O. Box 3007, Elida, E-L-I-D-A, Ohio, 45807. You may also email me at the following email address, drmichaelspaulding at gmail.com. Again, drmichaelspaulding at gmail.com. Until next time, friends, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be multiplied to you.